invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today, we're fortunate to have with us Song of the Soul guest, Neonu Span. Neono is gifted in a number of ways, and I had the privilege of witnessing her musical and crowd control talents as a participant of a week-long workshop she led at the National Friends General Conference gathering I go to each year, getting us singing in parts and sometimes making up the parts on the spot. I tell you, seriously, she's got a gift. In addition to the music she shepherds through a group called Tribe One, she does deep race consciousness work in what are called Beyond Diversity 101 workshops. Neonu Span joins us by phone. Neonu, I'm delighted to have you back again, this time for Song of the Soul. Thank you. It's really great to do this again. What was it two, three years ago that you were my guest in Spirit in Action, and we talked about, among other things, your transformative work with what you call Beyond Diversity 101. And folks can hear that interview on northernspiritradio.org. I assume you're still doing that work and much more. What have you been doing since our last visit? Well, on the music side, my group Tribe One and I have been working on our third album. That's been exciting and a little challenging in that we're combining it with our 20th anniversary and you know, trying to capture some of the songs that we've been performing for years but have never recorded and to keep it fresh. That's a lot of what's been going on. And in the meantime, I'm also working on my second solo album. Uh, I've put that a little bit more on the back burner so that the Tribe One album will actually come out <laughs> in our 20th year. And then lots of things going on in my life spiritually, working on my certification in meditation teaching. should be finishing that up this coming month in April. Finishing my meditation teacher training, which I've been doing at the Chopra Center, actually in California, wanting very much to bring meditation into the work that I'm doing with urban youth, particularly in the city of Chester, where I run a peace camp in the summers. And so that's definitely taken a fair amount of bandwidth over the last year or so <laughs> to finish that up. And then um, the other major part of my life in the work area is working on a project with Bill Braustein up in New Haven, Connecticut. That's a whole other piece, but very connected to the work that I'm doing, both in Chester and the music, and working with organizations to come closer to being the change that they say that they're up to 
in their mission statement. So that's been exciting to pilot that work with Bill. So that's a lot of it. I'm also thinking that there's probably some intergenerational family stuff going on. Like my wife and I just finished caring for our two-year-old granddaughter, Lena, for five days. I'm sure there's that kind of stuff in your life, too. Yeah, I was just about to say, and the other huge piece is that both my parents are living with me and here in Willingboro, New Jersey. That has been such a blessing. They both turned 85 this past September. So it's both a joy having them with me, and it also presents lots of opportunities to do some healing work around old stuff. (laughs) Yes, that is major. And of course, my four sons are ever-present and very much at the heart of my life as well. Just how old are they? The oldest is 41 in October. No, 41 is past October, and the youngest is 28. It was a big year for the youngest in that he just both finished his degree in social work, but at the same time released his first album. And that's my MAI, the youngest. And I'm so happy to have, you know, four artists in the family and and one that has music also very central to his life. I think we need to hear some of your music soon. So how would you like to start out your Song of the Soul? I ran into lately the very first recording that I did in a you know professional studio was as a result of some time I spent at New England Yearly Meeting. I was there along with my former husband, Dwight Wilson. He was doing the Bible half hours, and I would sing something during each of those presentations. I was young. I was not yet a card-carrying member of the Religious Society of Friends. It was all pretty new to me. What? You mean they issued you a card? I never got an official membership card. <laughs> that that should be a sign to you. <laughs> I've got mine in my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> but it was some years of traveling among friends before I knew in my heart that this was where I wanted to join in community of worship. And anyway, at that New England yearly meeting, there were several people that came up to me and said, how can we listen to your music, you know, when we go home? And, you know, I didn't have any money to go into a recording studio was, you know, kind of what I would say to people. And they said, well, you know, why don't we get a sign-up sheet and have people sign up for your music, and then we could pay you now for that, and you could send it to us later. And that is actually how I got to go into the studio for the first time. While I was there, there was a young man, all I know is his name is Gimli. I don't know a first name. I don't know if that was a nickname, but he would sometimes follow me around and get into a conversation about music. And there was a song that I ended up recording of his. I only have a small cassette, so I, there wasn't a way for me to transfer this music to you easily. But I would just like to sing a little bit of that song. I just call it Lord Make Me, but I don't know that that's the title he would give it. Lord, make me whole. Unite my heart and soul. Give me a worthwhile goal. Lord, make me whole. Lord, let me be free. Show me some unity. Give 
give me dignity. Lord, let me be free. And it goes on, you know, it has about six verses. I just love the simplicity of it, as well as the way that he shared it. So I wanted to share that one. And I think that probably a good one for us to start with from the recordings would be what you put down now. What you put down now is related to seeding, putting seeds in the ground. It's also very much related to the slang in the black community of, um, you know, what you're putting down. <laughs> you know, what are, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you trying to say? So that song really grew from my awareness that we are always seeding things that are going to manifest in the future. And I think you're doing this with your sister, Diane Spann? Yes, this is my solo album. This is one that she came in to help me put down. So you hear us mirroring each other, uh, doing a sort of little call and response throughout this entire piece. The piece is what you put down now. What you put down now, what you put down now, what you put down now. What you put down now, what you put down now, what you put down now. It'll grow sometime, you have given it life. It'll grow sometime, you have given it life, given it life. What you put down now, what you put down now, what you put down now. It'll grow sometime. You have given it a life. It'll grow sometime. You have given it a life. Given it a life. Now is then. And then is now. Now is then. And then is now. Now is then. And then is now. What you put down now, what you put down now, what you put down now. 
two sisters making beautiful music together. Neonu is my Song of the Soul guest today. I'm guessing, Neonu, that one of the reasons you wrote that song is because you're so involved with helping people figure out what they're putting down with the Beyond Diversity 101 workshops you've been leading, and I think that you're still leading. Is that still a big part of your life? Absolutely, absolutely. And in fact, you know, there's call to increase the opportunities for folks to do that. I think last year, 2013, there were three offerings, two of the basic five-day intensive and one for the first time, a BD 101 or Beyond Diversity 101 advance, which was very exciting to work with folks who have been through the five-day and to just take some of it to a deeper level. Part of the reason I wanted to start with that song, What You Put Down Now, is it really speaks the core philosophy <laughs> or the, the you know the core of the work that we do both in beyond diversity 101 but also just in terms of you know a life view if we were more conscious of the fact that we are co-creating at all times by the actions that we take that there's no such thing as you know, one of the lines in the song is now is then and then is now, <laughs> you know. So this is the approach to doing diversity or justice work is to, you know, let's tell the truth about how the current situations have been created and let's tell the truth and step up to the plate in terms of responsibility for what we're creating going forward. So just where do your songs come from? Is it that you sit down, pick out a topic that you wanted to make a song about, or is it something else? Like, do your songs ever feel inspired? 
I would say that of all the songs that I've written, I think that the two that come to mind as as really representing a coming through me of of an expression or words very close to me channeling. The first one I would say is this song that we will not listen to today, but I remember laying down in the grass and looking up at the trees and hearing these words that were about, I can hear you, I know who you are. And slowly the song came through. And I would say the same is that the same for the saddest thing. The saddest thing, I literally sat down at my piano the day after 9-11 and the words just came right out. I put my hand on the piano and the saddest thing, the saddest thing of all is that I will do the things you've done to me and all the different turns and twists and turns on that. And I could see it on an individual level and on a societal level. But right then, in that moment, I was very much with what we as a society, what choice would we make? How would we respond to this this atrocity? The Saddest Thing, written by Neona Spann, performed by Tribe One. The saddest thing, the saddest thing of all is that I will do the things you've done to me The saddest thing The saddest thing of all Is that you can do The things I do to you The saddest thing thing of all is that you could do the things you've done to me the saddest thing the saddest thing of all is that I could do the things you've done to me
the saddest thing written by Neonu Span, performed by Tribe One. Neonu is my guest today for Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org with more than eight and a half years of programs free for downloading and listening. Also find us on iTunes, Pacifica, etc. But on the Northern Spirit Radio site, you'll also find links to our guests, You'll find a place to post comments and make our communication two-way. Plus, there's a useful little donate button or an address where you can contribute and make this work possible. It's full-time work and will be sustaining only through your support. But I especially hope that you remember to support your local community radio station with both your hands and your wallet. Nowhere else on the airwaves can you get such a wonderful mix of music and news. So please support this invaluable resource, Community Radio. Again, the song was That Saddest Thing by Neonu Span. Clearly, Neonu, that's a song that could fit so many bad or good choices we could make. But it's so fitting when looking at the possible futures. When we saw the Twin Towers burning... I had the thought myself as soon as I first saw it. Of course, the first thought and feeling is, oh no, the the poor people in those towers. But the second thought I had is, oh no, how are we as a nation going to react to the people who might have done this? You know, to sit at the heart of the choice point, and I think that might have been part of the power that pushed this song through. You know, I remember sitting down, as I mentioned, sitting down in the first couple of lines coming out, but it was over a number of days that the song continued to write itself. And part of what I remember during that time was all of this expression of care and empathy and joined sadness and recognition coming from folks from around the planet. You know, you could feel, you could sort of taste the possibility if the choice were made to move through that grief together without and focus on retribution, that there was a possibility for us to really evolve together to a whole other way of being. So as I sat and felt that, I felt that people on the street walking into a restaurant, I often feel a certain kind of distance or fear from folks as an African-American woman, sometimes when I'm meeting eyes of other people. But but it felt like a lot of that had fallen away, that for that period of time that we were reaching toward each other in a different way. And so that was was the saddest thing, (laughs) that we were at the precipice of this opportunity and we chose to do the same thing. It's so interesting to hear how this kind of reaction was so immediate for you, just like it was for me. You know, I'm not surprised, given that we're both Quakers, that peace and compassion are very basic to us. But I wonder if you always had that kind of leaning or inclination. I mean, I know you grew up Baptist and that you were a non-denominational Christian for a while. And at least in the U.S. now, those don't always seem to reply that love your enemy first response that I think they should. Were you always so compassion and peace-minded through all those communities and identities? Well, um, it's funny when you say, was it always there? What does feel like it was always there? It was this very deep 
yearning to have people understand the point of view of the ones that they were seeing as so different than them or as the ones they were seeing as the evil one. Or, you know, I remember that as a very, very young child when my mom was standing there while I said my prayers on my knees, I would oftentimes pray for the Russians who were in our growing up time were the epitome of, you know, the evil ones, the ones that were the bad ones over in this other country. But yet I remember as a small child just feeling like, well, if they just understood us and if we just understood them, you know, this whole conflict would just disappear. This, So that seed, <laughs> seed thought was there. It was there as I watched my family. I had a lot of alcohol in my family as a child. And so when we had big family gatherings, they would start off really wonderful and fun. And then the more people were drinking and then there would be the arguing that would start at night and fights. And I remember sitting on the stairway, looking down at the adults and just like kind of picturing, like if this one had just heard this one say this, then they, but they missed that because, you know, so that kind of wanting to reconcile, to have people shift their perspective was there right from the beginning and definitely has been the seed that you could find, you know, as you travel through all my, whether it was a diary or journals later and college life and so forth, it's just continued, it has continued to grow. And so as a musician and as a conservatory trained singer, you know, even in the conservatory, as much as I love the German leader and, you know, the French art songs and, and opera and so forth, there was always a part of me that, while I was studying that, needed to be doing some kind of music that carried this message. So at some point, those flipped in terms of the space they were holding in my life, because there was a, definitely a period where I thought that you know European classical music was going to be the central part of my performance life. And that flipped. So like the message music, that's what I really want to do. And occasionally I love dipping into some of the European classical repertoire. So yeah, that, that seed has always been there. And the Christian upbringing, you know, I, I say now that Jesus is the first door that I came through in my spiritual walk. And so Jesus and a relationship with Jesus and more so than I would say even a kind of Christian, culturally Christian background, even though I definitely have the Baptist upbringing and so forth, but it was, uh, you know, this notion of a personal relationship through Jesus or with Jesus that I took a ride on and then that has broadened now to a place where, you know, I see that relationship in a much more universal way. I don't need it to have that Jesus or Christian stamp on it. And so this song, Be My Friend, is a natural, I mean, it really is in the purest sense, that part of me that just yearned to have this connection with the divine. And, you know, what you hear in this song is, you know, basically I'm being told that you have to do this in order to have this relationship and that if I don't do this, I will not make it into your kingdom or I will suffer and go to hell. 
And this is the oldest song, Be My Friend, is the song that I was the youngest when I wrote this. I was probably just 20, maybe 21. And I was coming out of both, you know, a very strong relationship with the Christian Born Again Church through high school and college and being more in a slightly Pentecostal speaking in tongues phase and coming out of that, leaving college, going into this marriage to a Quaker, a lot of questions in, in the heart of my soul. It was like, what is this? And so being my friend is a real expression of that. Be my friend in times of doubt, Lord, cause you're not what I expect sometimes. There are so many ways in which to come to truth. Help me never ever close a path to you. Cause I strength to know that you'll always be my friend no matter where I go be
when I don't have the sense to know. You'll always be my friend, no matter where I go. For I know, dear Lord, that as I grow, that there'll be times when we seem so far apart. Will I let you be my friend? You always been my friend. Be Be My Friend, performed by Tribe One, written by my Song of the Soul guest, Neonu Span. I totally see you, Neonu, in that song, your open-hearted questing. But what surprises me about it is the deeper vocal ranges you seem to go to. <laughs> really, yeah, that's that, some wonderful that is, singing. Who is it? My dear friend, Jonathan Snipes. You know, I was saying I, I feel so blessed to have Jonathan, you know, on many levels, both that we co-facilitated a bunch of workshops together, but also as a member of Tribe One right from the beginning. It took a while before I realized that he was the one to <laughs> to sing Be My Friend, even though it's so close to my heart and my expression, it became clear after a while that it wasn't my voice that I heard being the voice to perform this. A number of things go through my mind when I think about the Jesus experience you talked about. One thing is that I've known a lot of folks who've been saved, and in many cases, I believe that they must have had a really incredible experience because they seem very transformed by it. I also know that I've had a couple incredibly powerful experiences myself, and I think that the difference between them and me is that mine was not fit right into a preformed theology and community with its norms and expectations. What about for you? I mean, I suspect that a lot of born-again Christians might look very dubiously on the fact that you're learning to teach meditation, for instance, at the Chopra Center, and yet you had your born-again and Pentecostal experiences. How do those experiences look to you from your current vantage point? When I look back on the experiences of wanting to completely give it over, that desire for complete devotion, saying the prayer, I want to invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. So there's two things that I think of. One is the part that means that now you have become one of the ones that is saved from going to hell. Now you have become one of the ones that will be in heaven. There's that whole part of it, which 
has underneath it a fear that's a driver that has sinfulness, fear, the need to be cleaned from something so that you can present yourself. So that is very real and, and still takes shape. So I'll, I'll leave that to the side for a second and say, and then there's the other side, which is that what I was speaking of, of this like wanting to completely devote, wanting to completely open and turn yourself over to become one with completely. So I look back on doing that as a child or doing it again as a teenager that I can look throughout my entire life and still see those expressions, those moments of wanting to completely devote myself. The attempt to open more to the divine has just taken different expressions through life. So if you were to read my journal now, I'm still yearning for that kind of devotion. Let's share some more of your music. You know, your music and your path are so beautiful and inspirational to me. So please do share some more. Thank you so much, Mark. Well, this next song is the only song that I've actually recorded that has this particular twang to it. But, you know, as I said with what you put down now, it is at the core of how I think about life, definitely how I run my workshops and what I teach both in, whether it's in diversity workshops, whether it's in strategic planning. In fact, probably I have used this song more in the corporate world and in playing it for folks that were in a business environment than I have anywhere else. Because bottom line is, if you don't go down to the roots and really shift some core ways of thinking and believing, then you will just keep on creating the same old thing. You can keep on trying to do it The way you're trying to do it You can keep on trying to do it Same old way You can tell the world you're changing With all this rearranging Step up to the mic Declare a brand new day You can keep on trying to do it The way you're trying to do it You can keep on trying to do it The same old way but when you've done your planning with this cutting-edge expansion, when you've done your talking, adding new words to your squawking, look around and see you built the same old thing. Well, you can keep on trying to do it the way you're trying to do it. You can keep on trying to do it the same old way. You can tell the world you're changing with all this rearranging. Step up to the mic, declare a brand new day. You can keep on trying to do it The way you're trying to do it You can keep on trying to do it The same old way When you've done your planning With this cutting edge expansion When you've done your talking Adding new words to your squawking Look around and see you build The same old fan You gotta start inside Yeah, where you holding that pride You gotta start inside With what you know Cause what you really know, you keep it locked up inside So you gotta free it up and you're good to go Or you can start with the mother folks, change what they're doing Tell them where to go and what to say But if you plan to become brand new, you can't just change the things you do You gotta start with you and how you be 
changing With all this rearranging Step up to the mighty Claire Brand new day Oh, you can keep on trying to do The way you're trying to do You can keep on trying to do Same old way When you've done your planning With this cutting edge expansion When you've done your talking Adding new words to your squawking Look around and see you built the same old thing. Same Old Thing by Neonu Span. Very different from the other songs Neonu has been sharing here today for Song of the Soul. It's got country and kind of campy humorous, all of which is good. Just so different for you, Neonu. So if people want to get a hold of that song, where can they go? Do they just have to call you up? I know. It will be, you know, I'm working on getting that uploaded now. And since I'm working on my second CD, both of those will be available online soon. But for right now, I think they'd have to shoot me an email and I would send them the MP3. Yeah, I think I'm going to advocate that if they want to get those as yet unpublished songs, that they just have to come through me. I'll be your gatekeeper and I'll forward them on, connect you up. Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> they can contact me via my email on nordenspiritradio.org. So that was Same Old Thing, performed solo by Nyonu rather than with Tribe One. You've got a solo CD coming up soon, and there's a Tribe One CD coming up also sometime soon. 
I'm planning on interviewing you and a couple other Tribe One folks at the July 2014 Friends General Conference gathering this year near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Will I have the Tribe One CD in my hand before July? Yes, I'm very much hoping that we will have the CD release concert in either June or July. But by the time that you see it, you should have something in your hot little hands. So time's slipping away into the future, and we're going to run out of broadcast time. Folks can get bonus excerpts from this interview, the parts we couldn't fit in the broadcast. Find them at northernspiritradio.org with Neonu's interview. So, Neonu, what's your last song for Song of the Soul? Let me just share this, and in fact, it's the counter what I just said, which is that, you know, taking myself so seriously that I wouldn't release something in draft form. And this is a song that came to me just a couple of years ago. It will be on my album coming out, but this is in draft version. I went out into the woods, was in uh, a little space there with just my computer and a little microphone. But I think as folks hear it, they'll know that this one also is full of a soulfulness and a place that I would love for us to share together. Sit down with me.
last song for Neonus Bands, Song of the Soul, is called Sit Down With Me. It'll be on her upcoming CD release. What's the name that they should be looking for, Neonu? Do you know what your CD is going to be called? I do not. There is such a stark difference, Neonu, between those thoughts and the embedded theology and the kind of beliefs you were raised with. But as you said, there's some continuity as well, at least in the, in terms of the continuing awe at the Great One that's still there. Yes, absolutely. And it makes so much sense that this was recorded in the woods because it is within that environment that I feel closest and remembering the divine within and in the trees. Sounds like a beautiful place to feel awe, meditate, and reconnect. You do such wonderful work, Neonu, whether it's teaching meditation learned at the Chopra Center, leading Tribe One and making music, or doing the healing, growing work of Beyond Diversity 101. I really feel privileged to count you among my acquaintances. I can't quite, quite call you a friend because I don't even know when your birthday is. (laughs) It's always around Thanksgiving, but... uh... Oh, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for your ministry. There's no one that quite does what you do, and I really appreciate it. It's so wonderful to have you here for Song of the Soul. Remember, folks, to check out the bonus excerpts not included in this broadcast. They're at NordenSpiritRadio.org. Post a comment when you visit. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul